Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, we've taken a pause in the book of Matthew for a couple of Christmas messages. Here's Pastor Michael's teaching called Christmas Consolation. Christmas Consolation. I was talking with some folks in the office and I threw out a title. What do you think of this title? Christmas Consolation. And uh, somebody said, Consolation makes me think of that prize that you, you get when you finish like third and you win the Consolation Prize. It's usually like a ceramic doll or something like that. <laughs> but that's not the word consolation here. The word consolation is actually a word that has the idea of consoling the soul. It's, it's a really special word. It's, it's a word that has the idea of comfort. It has the idea of uh, encouragement. Um, it's used, <clears throat> for example, in uh, Philippians 2.1, where it says, if there is, if there is any consolation in Christ. This, that's the New King James. If there's any consolation of love, if there's any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion. It's been pointed out in Philippians 2.1 that these are, uh, this is a conditional clause and it, it is not maybes, it is certainties. If there's any consolation in Christ, and there is, any consolation of love, and there is. Christmas consolation is about consolation in Christ, not things that console our souls that we go to that are just kind of empty pillows that help us maybe sleep a little better at night. No, Christ's entry into the world is a historic event. Christ entered time and space, and he lived and died and rose from the dead in the very history in which we find ourselves embedded. So Christ is a reality, and when we share on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I'm going to point out a little bit of how Luke takes us back to historical leaders of the time, in the time of Caesar Augustus and so forth, so that we can mark the time. The Bible doesn't say once upon a time this happened, as if it's some pie-in-the-sky mystery tale. No, rather, it is very historic. The Apostle Paul is a historic figure who was a... uh, a leader in Judaism and discovered Jesus Christ in his own life. There's a a passage I wanted to point out in 1 Corinthians 14. When you look at a few of the definitions, turn over to 1 Corinthians 14 of consolation, it's interesting because it does apply, 1 Corinthians 14, to some gifts that the Holy Spirit gives the church. And it talks about here the gift of prophecy. And to just define the word consolation, Sometimes the word is paraclesis, and it has the idea of coming alongside to bring comfort. That's what the Lord does for us. That's what we should be doing for other people. We should come alongside and bring them comfort. 1 Corinthians 14, look at verse 3. It says, But one who prophesies, or speaks forth the word of God, speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. Edification means to build up, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Exhortation means to try to get someone moving in the right direction. And consolation has the idea of consoling. This is what we do when we speak the Word of God. The Word of God is a balm. Uh, it, is, it is salve to our souls. This is the idea of what consolation is about. When we speak the truth, we speak the truth in love. 
We do it because we want to give people the true hope of the gospel. When you tell people, come to a Christmas Eve service or come on Christmas Day, what you are communicating to them is a hope. And that hope, Hebrews 6 says, is the anchor of our souls. Now in Luke 2, just after the birth narrative, if you turn back there, there was a man who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. His name is Simeon. Simeon was actually one of the 12 sons of Jacob through Leah. If you just write in your notes, Genesis 29, 33, she named him Simeon because she was an unloved woman. And when she named him Simeon, she, it says right there in that verse, the Lord hears. The Lord heard her pain. He saw her struggle. And he, he uh, heard her cry. It's similar to the idea of when Moses is before the burning bush and God says to Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. And sometimes when we have a cry of our heart, we have a concern. It can even be during the Christmas season. We can sometimes wonder, does God hear my cry? Does he care? And he certainly does. This is from a study Bible. It says the Greek word translated comfort or consolation Portrays the Lord, uh, portrays the Lord coming close and whispering words of gentle cheer or tender counsel in a believer's ear. I think it's a beautiful thing to know that the Lord can whisper a word of encouragement when you're poured out. You know, maybe you feel like you have nothing more to give, and He speaks consolation to the soul. That's the idea here. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Remember when he's in the temple area? It's been quiet for 400 years there's been no prophet speaking to Israel the the Jewish people are under Roman occupation their nation's been taken over by Rome and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel I hope that you're living in that same light uh, Simeon was waiting for the first coming of the Messiah he may not have under fully understood the first and second coming like we do today but he was waiting for the consolation and the consolation would be found in a person See, his consolation or his Christmas consolation would be found in Christ. And we can see a little picture behind me uh, of uh, Simeon depicted there holding the Christ child and looking up to God. And you'll notice that he's depicted as a very old man because that's what he was. He had been waiting for a long time. And he had found his consolation in a baby. But the story of the Bible, of course, has very limited uh, stuff on the baby Jesus There's just a few chapters in Luke and Matthew, but the most of the focus on the Christ is when he grows up and what he does in that three, three and a half year ministry and how he dies for our sins. So I know the Christmas season is wonderful for a lot of us. We enjoy the lights. I do. I went outside, you know, some of our lights weren't working and I hit the, uh, you know, the little, what's the little GFI switch? I did it with a stick because in the past I've done it with a wet finger and it's really a bad career move you know guys know what I'm saying so anyway Psalm 94 verse 17 says if the Lord had not been my help my soul would have dwelt in the abode of silence if I should say my foot has slipped thy loving kindness O Lord will hold me up when my anxious thoughts multiply within me thy consolations plural delight my soul Psalm 94 17 through 19 What Simeon was looking for was not a season. He was looking for a person. What Simeon was looking for was not a season. He was looking for a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You see, if you want to find a full life, it's not going to be about, 
geography, bank account, seasons, lights, Christmas trees, the proper gift, the perfect gift for that person you don't know what to buy for. No. Your consolation is going to be found in Christ. He is what makes the season beautiful. What carries us through is the comfort of Christ and the love of Christ. His love cushions the blows of life and trials. Some of you are here, and your Christmas is going to be different this year. There's, you've gone through a loss, and it's not easy. But his consolation cushion, his consolations cushion my soul. Life's trials. My soul can be refreshed by God, even in the midst of sorrows, because I know he has taken the ultimate blows for me. His love brings me consolation in whatever circumstances I face. That's what I want to give away to people. That's why I share my faith. I don't share my faith just to get people to go to a church. I share my faith to get people to go to a Savior. Amen? Amen. I share my faith so that people can find consolation in Christ because they're not going to find it. True consolation is not going to be found anywhere else. It won't be found in a bottle. It won't be found in a drug. It'll only be found in a Savior. Now here's the account. It's Luke 2. Look at verse 21. It says, When eight days were completed before his circumcision, the hymn there is Jesus. Uh, Luke 2.21. His name was then called Jesus. The name given by the angel. Just write down Luke 1.35. Uh, um, as, as the angel told Mary what his name would be, and Joseph was also told as well, the tradition within the Jewish uh, culture and faith was to name the child on the eighth day. On the eighth day was the day of circumcision. For us, the number eight is the number of what? New beginnings. That's kind of an interesting thing. And so this is what happens. It's eight days completed. Jesus is just eight days old. And uh, this is uh, the time of his circumcision. Then the name would formally be given to the child. This is how it worked back in the day. Now, both Mary and Joseph knew what his name would be, but they formally named him at that time. And his name was Jesus, a common name of the day. It's actually a, a Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. And Joshua is a very famous uh, individual in the Old Testament. His name was actually Hosea, which means salvation. And then his name got changed to Joshua by Moses, by the way. And Joshua is, was the son of Nun, N-U-N. That's the proper way to say his name, not the son of Nun, N-U-N, but Nun. It's a, it's a Hebrew letter, actually. But um, this is who he was, and he, and he, was, a, he was a mighty warrior. He was kind of the uh, sidekick of Moses. He was the man who believed that uh, they could conquer the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb believed the Lord. And many young boys in Israel were named Joshua, just like a name becomes very famous in our day for whatever reason. You know, lots of times it's not for noble reasons in our day. Sometimes it can be a movie star's name or something like that. But we do know that a lot of people are walking around with Bible names. So I have just a little bit of a, uh, this is just a little approach for you. If you meet somebody and their name is David or Joshua or Nathan or whatever the name may be, if it's a Bible name, Ask them, hey, do you know where your name comes from? Do you know why your parents named you that? And they may or may not uh, know the origin of that name. And I've used that as a platform many times to talk to people about that biblical name. Do you know what that, like Jonathan, do you know the story of Jonathan? Man, he was an awesome warrior 
friend of David. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a launching point to share your faith with people. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm producer Rob. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on eight radio stations. Now, we're excited to tell you, this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California, one in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The country where we have the second most listeners is India. Fewer than 3% of the population are Christians there. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth by giving at least $5 a month and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. And also, thank you for contributing to the joy in learning God's Word and feeling Him close. Now, Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, the podcast, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Now, our current level of listener financial support is not quite 50% yet, and we are praying for more listeners to become part of the Walk in Truth team. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible Christmas gift today? or become a monthly partner of at least $10 a month, please help us reach 50% listener support before the year ends. Call 844-48-TRUTH to give. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH or give at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much in behalf of Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team. We hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you to all our Walk in Truth financial partners, and be sure to check out our Walk in Truth app, available in your app store. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If you meet somebody, and their name is David, or Joshua, or Nathan, or whatever the name may be, if it's a Bible name, ask them, hey, do you know where your name comes from? Do you know why your parents named you that? And they may or may not Uh, know the origin of that name. And I've used that as a platform many times to talk to people about that biblical name. Do you know what that, like Jonathan, do you know the story of Jonathan? Man, he was an awesome warrior, friend of David. You know, it's, it's it's a launching point to share your faith with people. For Israel, uh, you can write down Genesis 17, 14. Circumcision was a national sign if you didn't get circumcised, you were considered a covenant breaker, Exodus twenty two forty eight, to be cut off from your people. It was Israel's national identity. It had practical health benefits, people argue. It was a spiritual seal and symbol of the Abrahamic covenant, and it had the idea of the need of cleansing or cutting away of the flesh. It was to be passed down from generation to generation, and circumcision, like baptism, is a, or was a physical symbol of the spiritual cleansing of the heart. We're told many times in the Bible to circumcise your heart. 
It's not just about a ritual act. Just like there's a parallel, and you know, sometimes people they get really concerned about um, the 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 baptismal that's right here. Okay, the baptismal is quite significant. We need to be baptized because that's what the Lord told us to do. But the water is still symbolic. We do not believe in baptismal regeneration. You say, what does that mean, Pastor Michael? That means that there are some people that believe until you get into that water, you're not regenerate. You're not born again of the Holy Spirit. Look, folks, the water don't save you. Jesus saves you. Now, you should be baptized as a Christian because Christ commanded baptism. Baptism in the early church, my understanding of church history, baptism was the main time that individuals gave testimony to their faith in Christ and to their connection to the body of Christ. So it has great significance. It becomes a symbol, and in in some ways you may even call it a seal. But it is not salvation. Christ is salvation. In fact, Jesus' name means Yahweh is salvation. That's why they named him Jesus. And it's interesting, they gave him the name on the eighth day, and that would be the day that he was cut and bled. Kind of interesting, isn't it? He was named Yahweh is salvation, Jesus, on the day in his young life that he was cut and he bled. And he fulfilled the covenant. Now, some people ask the question, well, well, why would Jesus need to be circumcised and why would he need to be baptized? He didn't need to do it for spiritual reasons because he never sinned. He's God in human flesh. Then you say, pray tell, why? Because he was uh, fulfilling what Israel failed to do in keeping the whole law. He said to John, let this be done at the Jordan River that we may fulfill all righteousness. He was the perfect man. He identified with the people of Israel. His baptism would be similar to a person walking down the aisle. If Jesus Christ sat in the back row, listened to my sermon, oh, that would be scary. And then walked down the aisle and said, you know, I want to pray the sinner's prayer or something like that. This may not be the best illustration, but this is how mind-blowing it would be. That's how, that's why John said, you need to baptize me. I shouldn't be baptizing you. And Jesus said, let this be done, that we might fulfill all righteousness. He was walking in the fallen footsteps of Israel to redeem them in every way. His sacrificial death saves, but his perfect life is also attributed to us. Amen? That's why the Bible teaches us that we have the righteousness of Christ imputed to our account. Let this be done that we may fulfill all righteousness. And his righteousness has now been imputed to you. God sees you and me tonight. This is what consoles my soul. That I am declared righteous before the Father because I am in the Son. That's Christmas. (laughs) That's Christmas consolation. Christ has come and he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22 says, And when the days there, uh, when the days for there, the New King James has, says, Her purification, according to the law, Luke 2.22, of Moses were completed. They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now Jesus was born in Bethlehem, just about five, six miles from Jerusalem. And it says the days for her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed. So whenever you see something like that, you have to ask the question, okay, well, so where is that found? We, we have a verse that says the law of Moses mentions the days of her purification. Then they go up to present him to the Lord. So this is where you want to turn to Leviticus chapter 12, taking scripture with scripture. Let's take a look 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. You want chapter 12? This is verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel saying, When a woman gives birth and bears a male child, Leviticus 12.2, and uh, then she shall be unclean for seven days, Leviticus 12.2, as in the days of her menstruation, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she, the mom, shall remain in the blood of her purification for 33 days. She shall not touch any consecrated thing. This applies, of course, to the people of Israel. Nor enter the sanctuary until the days of her purification are completed. But if she bears a female child, then she shall be unclean for two weeks or 14 days, as in her menstruation. And she shall remain in the blood of her purification for 66 days. So for a male, it was 7 and 33 um, the eighth day he was circumcised. So just so you guys, uh, you hear pastors talk about when the wise men came, um, Jesus Christ was not a baby. He was in the house at the time from Matthew chapter two. And he was between 41 days old and maybe a couple years old. This is some of the evidence that we have for this reason. Um, when the wise men came, they brought gifts of what? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You're going to see that uh, Joseph and Mary cannot afford a lamb to sacrifice at the temple. If they would have had the gold from the Magi, they could have easily bought a lamb. So we know that they came later. He's in a house. He's not in a stable or a cave. This is some of the evidence that we have for this conclusion. You've been listening to Christmas Consolation Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's Christmas teaching. And if you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is always available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And would you please tell a friend about Walk in Truth? We hope today's teaching will be a blessing and uplifting to someone you care about. Would you please encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? If you're listening through your podcast app, please click the share button. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, a very Merry Christmas Eve to you and yours. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and we are so excited to be presenting to you Luke's Gospel, Christmas Consolation, as Luke tells us the incredible story of Jesus Christ coming into the world. And he came on a rescue mission, and we know this tender scene in the temple courts uh, leads us into the rest of Luke's gospel, where he tells from his angle, as he carefully investigated the facts of Jesus, why Jesus came and how he had come to save. You know, Luke's gospel is filled with incredible content, like the story of the prodigal son, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, the story of the resurrection of Jesus, so much ahead. The Gospel of Luke would be a wonderful book to just start devotionally reading through, especially if you're a person who has set aside your Bible for a while. But I pray that you've been consoled and encouraged. And of course, the ultimate consolation is to come to Christ for salvation. You see, that's what he came to do. He didn't come just to be a moral example, although he was the ultimate one. He didn't come just to teach. Um, but he came to save. 
And that's why he was named Jesus. His name means Yahweh saves. And if you don't know him yet, he is literally a prayer away. And I would encourage you, open your heart this Christmas and just say, Lord Jesus, come in. You're the greatest gift ever given. And I'm going to trust you right now this Christmas season. And if, you're, if you've been far away and here you are, you've stumbled on a podcast or Christian radio, and maybe you would say, I'm a prodigal. That's me, Luke 15. I've walked away from the Lord. Well, you can come home. You can come to your senses right now. The Lord knows who you are. He knows. He knew you would be listening at this very moment. Why don't you come home? Come back to him. Find a good, solid local church where you can plug in and grow in your most holy faith. Hey, if we can help you in any way, the website is walkintruth.com. You can reach out to us. You can make a comment there. You can ask for prayer. You can ask for help in finding a local church. Or you can come out to Living Truth, where I serve as senior pastor in the city of Corona. It's all available at walkintruth.com when you click on that church tab. Have a blessed, blessed Christmas, and we will see you very soon. God bless. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's Christmas teaching called Christmas Consolation. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.